Mark Ruffalo get his own movie? I love Mark Ruffalo. I like Mark Ruffalo too, but I don't know if Ruffalo Hulk or any Hulk is what anybody's looking for right now. I'm looking for Mark Ruffalo to have his own movie. Welcome to the sorting chat. We're going to talk about... Oh, are we recording? Yeah, I'm always recording. I mean, obviously, Noah Centennio would have to play young Hulk. I don't know who that is. Um, the internet's boyfriend. He's in, no, he's Tom in. Hiddleston is the oh, internet's no, boyfriend. No, Noah Centennio is definitely the internet's boyfriend at this point. Well, clearly not, because I don't know who he is. He's in all the new Netflix rom-coms. Ugh, gross. He looks exactly like a young Mark Ruffalo. No, they're, they're cute high school moms. He's great. He's very sweet in them. Well, that's gross. I, I don't want to have a high school boyfriend. Well, he's like 22. The internet and Twitter, I mean, specifically, has been engaging in a lot of debate over whether it's reasonable for 30-year-old women to be crushing on this dude. He looks less like a young Mark Ruffalo and more like a grown Benny the Jet Ramirez <laughs> from The Sandlot. Oh my god, no wonder why I like that guy. <laughs> two of my favorite characters. <laughs> I mean, people... I guess Mark Ruffalo is not a character. Welcome to the story <laughs> chat. We here's the deal tonight. We are down. We're down a team we're member. Down a Dale. This has never happened before, as far as I know. We have never had just the two of us. Just the two of us. <laughs> we can make it if we try. Never had just uh, the two of us when I'm very tired and a little bit loopy. Yeah, and I'm at the tail end of strep throat. Oh no. <laughs> Anyway, yes, so we're down we're down Dale who's who's ill today, but we're trying to we're pushing on just because we're already a couple weeks late <laughs> on delivering an episode of some sort to you, our tens of fans. <laughs> so so it's just me and Sherry and we're gonna try and we'll just see what this dynamic is like. We've already talked about Infinity War for about ten or fifteen minutes. What are you drinking, Sherry? You drinking anything? I was just evening? drinking some water out of a water bottle. <laughs> I'm, I need to be hydrated more. I haven't had enough water today. So uh, about this Harry Potter podcast that we have. Hold on. I want to talk about what I'm drinking. Oh, great. Do it. I love it's that. It's very important to me only because I can't remember if I talked about this last year when they stopped selling orange I see at McDonald's. Did I talk about that? Yeah, like, like I, it was like I remember this. Right. So it was a big deal to me. I was very sad. And so I only recently this summer found out that uh, there are some McDonald's that have those Coca-Cola like automated machines with the TV screens where you can pick from like a hundred different oh, yeah. drinks. They also have them at Burger King, mm-hmm. at Five Guys Burgers and Fries, and at, at King's Island, at all Cedar Fair Parks <laughs> in the United States. So uh, anywhere that they have those machines, you can get an orange high C. And it's brought me new meaning and it's brought me new purpose. And I'm drinking one right now. Well, I'm very excited for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. New Horizons. Well, Old Horizons. Renewed Horizons. So Sherry travels by train a lot. Isn't that true? Um, yeah. So I go on the train from Baltimore to D.C. like three times a week. And then sometimes I take the train other places like New York or Boston. <gasps> what? what? The same train? That sounds like magic. Tell me more. So sometimes I will take the Amtrak between Baltimore and D.C. But then if I go New York well, or wherever i'll take amtrak but yes they're all trains so as a train expert uh sherry had hold on i got i gotta take a tangent okay 
I gotta take a tangent. I'm so sorry. It's so early to this take. This entire episode is tangents. Okay. Do you remember <laughs> in college when I had my online friend who was really into trains? Mm, I forgot about that guy. Yeah, yeah. We're still Facebook friends, so if for some reason you're listening to this, I'm not gonna name you, but uh, that's really cool. And I think I think I'm pretty sure he's still. Well, when I say really into trains, what was I the mean, word like, for being for what was his thing that he did? Bashing. bashing, train bashing. Yeah, so that's not it's not like train spotting; it's train riding. So the the lingo, the parlance was, I bashed this train. Maybe if we have any other this this person is from the UK, um, where trains are uh, more. Sorry, where there are more trains. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if there are more trains in the U- in the UK. It just seemed like such a common thing. Yeah, like he was constantly riding trains. But I think that's true um, in Europe generally more so than in the US because it's like comp- more everything's closer together, so you can actually get somewhere right, on right. a train. Whereas here, it's like only the East Coast where you can like easily mm-hmm. get places quickly on a train. Right. So this person would we would chat on whatever it is that you chat on back then. It was not AIM. It was like. MSN Messenger or something like that. (laughs) And LiveJournal, yes. Um, But he would talk just endlessly about what trains he had ridden recently, and I found it fascinating. And one thing he told me about, I hope he's listening, because one thing he told me about I absolutely did not believe existed, which was uh, buses that bend in the middle. But that totally exists. Well, I didn't know that. I was like a young, fresh, fresh faced and 19. We didn't have buses where we lived. (laughs) We did not have buses at all, bendy or otherwise. Yeah. So um, I wanted to message him, but I felt like it had been too long. Um, <laughs> because it's bendy bus. Because it's 15, it's been 15 years. No, absolutely. Um, Out of the blue, just no. message him and say, I saw a bendy bus. No, I rode one. Well, then you should definitely <laughs> tell him that. No context, no reminders. Just text him that you rode a bendy bus. To that point... Because we're both train experts now. She rides a train all the time, and I rode one bendy bus. <laughs> we're, we're both train experts. So Sherry had posed the question to me whether or not the Hogwarts Express is the most efficient mode of travel to get to school for these kids. Well, I, I have and to say I, that I asked you this not because uh, I'm a train expert, but because the reason I was late getting to the podcast was because I forgot that the 8 p.m. train has to like pull over three times to let the Amtrak trains pass it. And so it always takes longer than it's supposed to. Like, every time I've ridden the 8 o'clock train, it gets in, like, 15 minutes later than it's supposed to. And I was, like, thinking about the inefficiency. And so that was why I was thinking. They end up riding the Hogwarts Express for several hours to get from London Mm -hmm. to Scotland, where Hogwarts is. And presumably, like, they all live in different parts of the UK. So So why are they coming to London to then ride a train? Yeah, I mean, I guess that is what people do in real life, but... But also, like, at other points when they, like, have to get people out quickly or whatever, like, they they can absolutely use, like, the flu network to get people in or they could come up with some other kind of magical, like, when the ministry was, like, flushing people in or, you know, the fo- mm-hmm. like, there are different magical means through which they, I think, could get them all there without having everybody come to London and get on a train. I mean, maybe it's, right. just, like, part of the experience, but... Well, the only thing I will say in defense of the train is that everybody's accounted for before they get to school. Mm-hmm. 
unless they live in Hogsmeade. What do you mean they're accounted for? Like, everybody's not showing up at the gates of the school at the same time. Or They are, but like, you know, popping in randomly outside the gates of the school or in town. Like, everybody's together, and one would assume... I would assume that they take note of who's on the train. Well... But maybe not, because... You know, Harry and Ron in the second book don't get on the train and nobody knows. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I was just thinking, like, to get everybody grouped together, like, before they actually physically get to the school so that... So they all get there at the same time? Yeah, so it's not like a, a madhouse of trying to figure out if you've counted everybody, but there may be a magical way to do that. Yeah. Anyway. Or you could have, like, port keys that, like, leave at a staggered time so everybody gets mm-hmm. there within a few minutes of each other. Right. Um, or you could have the flu network. I guess that's another question about the flu network. Like, what happens when multiple people are trying to come through it at the same time? Like, can you get, like, a traffic jam in the flu network if, like, you got oh somebody gosh. coming from, like, Ottery St. Catchpole and somebody else coming from, like, London mm-hmm. into the Hogwarts, the yeah. like, fireplace? Like, are they going to get stuck? <laughs> Well, I do think, I mean, I know you can't apparate onto school grounds, but I would assume you also can't, like, just randomly flu network yourself in. I mean, I guess they could open that channel. They do. Like, they even, do. like, Sirius, like, he doesn't completely come in, but he does stick his head in, which you would think would right. be protected. So, I think yeah. the flu network is somehow not under the same protections. Because, like, Harry's able to go into number 12, remote place, and then... Right. At that other point, they're able to use Dumbledore's fireplace to get, like, to go fully there, not just their heads or whatever. Right, right. Alert! Uh, we found another, uh, we found another flaw in the books, ladies and gentlemen. The flu network. Oh. <laughs> I, yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me that they, that they couldn't, like, if it's open in Dumbledore's office, like, why can't Death Eaters just come through whenever? Like, I think there's probably, like locks on it basically i think there's probably like some sort of protective spells right. like so you can only yeah maybe he has to like open like you know un right yeah then like how is he able to use the one in the gryffindor common room like how is Sirius able to just like i mean maybe there's something different about like putting your head in versus right oh, but and even I- even so like if you can just stick your head into anybody's like fireplace without their permission like that's a pretty serious like i don't know <laughs> violation issue i do think that logistically even if there weren't traffic jams logistically like opening up all the fireplaces in hogwarts for people to come through uh, it would seem like it would be less selective like you couldn't just you couldn't keep just certain people on the list or whatever um port keys keys, yeah but then somebody has to go set all those port keys right yeah i think i think what we're learning here is that uh, wizard transportation is by default inefficient, and that's why yeah. they took a train. Because hum- humans, not humans, muggles had it figured out. Just put everybody in a building that goes. But I wonder, like, for boarding school, like, in the UK, just in general, like, do people's parents drop them off, or does everybody generally take a train? That's a good question. Anybody listening that's went to boarding school? Just I was just recently talking to people about boarding school. So in, in Nairobi, like, or at least in the slums where I was doing my interviews, like a lot of the kids for, there aren't a lot of high schools in the, in those areas. So for high school, a lot of the kids, even the kids that don't come from like super wealthy, I mean, they're 
very not wealthy families, they go to boarding school up country, mm-hmm. which really just means like up country really just means outside of Nairobi. Um, and so it's usually like wherever their parents are from, they'll send them there or, if, you know, they have family, but the, it's like public boarding school. Mm-hmm. But I talked to one of my research assistants. Um, he lived in one of the places we were doing interviews and he was just telling me like he went for high school to boarding school and it was like eight hours away, but mm-hmm. he would just take a bus so it wasn't like a school organized thing. It was just like when it was like time to go, you know, he would get on the bus that took him there, but it was just like a regular bus yeah. and then he would he would come back for breaks and stuff. But it was all just like on regular buses. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if, I don't know, for other boarding schools, like what the norm is, like if you just get yourself there or if the school has their own bus or it may have to whatever. do with what kind of boarding school it is. Like, is, yeah. it, is this a fancy boarding school? It could go either way. Like, you don't want to take a bus if you're going to Eaton or whatever. Like, you're not taking a bus to Eaton. You might take a train. You might take a, a chartered plane. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I you show up in your father's roles. I'm looking this up now. Oh, boy. Uh, but it's not going to, it's just going to give fine. me a map is what's going to happen. How do people get to... <laughs> this is the segment of the sorting chat where we Google something. And that's what we like to do. We have questions. And the internet has answers. I'm going to Google the lyrics to Punky Brewster theme song. Oh, why? Oh, all eligible students are welcome to ride the bus. What bus? What school? Oh, sorry. This is the Eaton School District, not Eaton. Oh, I was going to say, they do have a bus to Eaton? No, this is like a school, this is somewhere in the U.S. for oh. sure. This is like, where, what state yeah, is Yeah, I ride in? the bus to Eaton. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the, you know, that's an American person. Okay. That's my. I was looking in Colorado. <laughs> that's my impression of an American Colorado resident. Yeah, hell yeah, I ride the bus. That's what they sound like, <laughs> right? I ride my, my daddy's pickup. I'm sure some of our listeners have gone to Eaton. We we have a very educated not crowd. specifically, but just boarding <laughs> schools in general. I don't know why that's our only frame of reference for boarding schools. This is the only one I've heard of. You mentioned it a lot. <laughs> um, see, it literally I heard it referenced in a Kingsman movie once, <laughs> and and in Harry Potter. Is there like a famous prep school in the United States? There's actually one in um. In Concord, Massachusetts, so I used to see it a lot, but it was apparently like a very old boarding school. Uh, do you think there's witches and wizards in there? Because they got witches and wizards up in the Northeast. In Concord in, Academy? Yeah, I mean, in the old, uh, in wow. New England. That's where all the American witches are from, right? Hmm. It's a good question. Yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't I haven't read anything about oh that. Oh my god, guess old. what? We can start our own book series. About witches and wizards at Concord Academy. Yeah, Concord Academy is a secret wizarding school, witching school, yeah. but it's only for witches. Mm, it's actually not um, in real life. <laughs> well, duh. Well, oh, you mean only it's not only for women? women. <laughs> okay. No, it's a co-ed school. I don't know names of any like famous ones. I had one of my students one time just casually mention that he had gone to boarding school with a bunch of like children of like African kings. What? Not kings. Not li- he said kings, I believe, but it, like not literal kings cuz they're Wait, are there any? No, I feel like I'm an idiot cuz I should know that. Hi, I'm Sherry and I should know if there are kings in Africa. I mean, I really should. I don't believe that there are any at this point. I would like to point out 
that I recently found out that uh, one of the weird um, extra credit things that Anthony gives in class is label this map of the continent of Africa with its countries. Can you label this? I could. Because he can do it. Well, so can I. Well, yes, but he's not a fucking Africa expert. I'm just saying he went out of his (laughs) way. Well, clearly I'm not either because I just said I didn't know if there were kings. (laughs) I just found a Forbes article on the five richest kings in Africa, so... I really only know about East Africa, so... I really only know about Toto's Africa. Let's talk about broom travel. Like, it seems... seems dangerous. It seems like the motorcycles of the visiting world. I wonder... Like, my entire frame of reference right now is having just spent three months in in Nairobi. But um, I wonder if... So, like, a lot of the... There are a lot of motorcycle taxis in Nairobi, but also, like, all of the, like, deliveries are done via motorcycle. So, like, if you mm-hmm. got, like, Uber Eats or other, like, food or couriers or whatever, it's all, like, motorcycles. And so I'm, I wonder if they have, like, Uber Eats, but for witches and wizards. Oh, my God, they have to. Deliver. Isn't that the whole plot of Kiki's Delivery Service? What is that? It's a Studio Ghibli movie. It's very sweet. It's about, um, here's the part of the show where we talk about other famous witches and wizards. <laughs> um, it's um, set in Japan, right. obviously. <laughs> um, a young girl is uh, about to turn like 13, or and when you turn 13, you basically go off to do like an apprenticeship. You kind of find your place. Like You get on your broom, and you fly away from home, and you find your place. And you try to find somebody to study with or find a job to do. Mm -hmm. And when she gets, she finds this little coastal town and she gets a room at a baker shop and decides that what she's going to do with her year is to use her broom travel to deliver food. Well, yeah, something exactly like that would be a great use of broom travel in the Harry Potter universe. Or, you know, they could do, like, do they have taxis in the wizarding world? Like, they they have to have, like, people that don't have their own wizarding vehicles that still need to get around, right? And they have the night bus, but are there other, yeah. like, forms of, like, a cab? Like, can you just get, like, you know, a broom broom taxi? Well, maybe. Um, one would think that squibs have to have something at their disposal because most adults can probably apparate to most public places anyway um i mean i feel like in the apparition lessons they talk about how some people just don't bother with it because it's too much trouble and like i I think there are some wizard like adult wizards that don't do it because like they've either had a traumatic splinching experience or like not all wizards are like super good at magic like i think we spend a lot of time with you know harry and even Ron and definitely Hermione and, like, Dumbledore, like, people who, like, are good at it. What about your Nevilles? I mean, you've got your Nevilles that are, like, really good in one thing and maybe not so great in other areas. I mean, he yeah. comes around in the end and is pretty good at a lot of things. But, but yeah, like, you might have somebody who's, like, really good at, you know, potions or really good at, like, right. flying but not good at, you know, apparition or transfiguration or... Yeah. I mean, one would assume they have to have an on-call, like, transportation service of some sort. Some sort? A sub sort. Um, trying to think about, like, the parts of the Wizarding World that are at least somewhat integrated into, like, Regular you know, the world? rest. Yeah, well, so like the Muggle when, world. When Harry's staying with the Weasleys and they have to get into Diagon Alley, he gets cars from the Ministry. So the Ministry does have cars. Right. Right, which I think are kind of like regular cars except for you know they have the undetectable extension charms inside and then also it seems like he says they're able to like weave in and out of traffic 
better, kind of like the night bus. Um, yeah. So I think they do have kind of just like magically, you know, amplified car, which is interesting because it's like, it's not like a misuse of Muggle artifacts situation because like, I guess technically they're not misusing them, but they are like taking something from the Muggle world and adapting it for their needs, right? Like, because it still probably runs on fuel and has an engine or does it? Like, does it? just completely run on magic and just right. look the same from the outside. That would be a, an extensive amount of magic to apply to such a big thing. One would think. I don't know. I don't know. There's no other evidence that I can think of in the books of any object larger than a broomstick being enchanted for the purpose of travel. Well, does the um, Hogwarts Express, like, operate like a normal train? Like, is it... Well, I will say this, and I'm only using the movies as evidence, and we know that that's, you know, that's dubious, but it does have steam coming out the top, like, yeah. or not steam, but smoke, like it's a, like it's a yeah. coal-burning engine, um, so, but who knows, that could also be, it doesn't seem like if it was enchanted, they would put that much attention to detail into it. I can't imagine that a full train could be constant. You know, could you could just cast a spell on a train and have it go. Interesting what, like, muggle things they adopt and which ones they don't, you know? Why would you decide that, like, yeah, we'll, we'll use cars, but, like, no, we don't need computers. That's cool. Well, even we don't need telephones. We don't need to speak to people ever who are not physically with us. Like weird Patronus mes- messages and, like, heads and flu networks. All fine. I mean, at the very least, they haven't figured out a spell that replicates a telephone. Uh, that seems unbelievable to me. Maybe in the 22nd century, somebody figures that shit out. <laughs> I mean, we've our, we have our stel- spell, our text-me spells, where you leave, like, yeah. um, bespoke messages on people's, for them to listen to <laughs> on their wand. I don't know. Um... <laughs> um that's I feel like episode. doing the, the the head and the flu network is just like a different version of like FaceTime or something. FaceTime? Uh, my actual FaceTime. Yes. <laughs> Touch my face. Time. Put toast in my face. Thinking about Amos Diggory. I never think about Amos Diggory. You never think about Amos Diggory with a mouthful of toast? I never think of him at all. I mean, whether I have toast in my mouth or not. But what about when he has toast in his mouth? Well, I wouldn't know if he had toast in his mouth because I'm not thinking about him. Not even when you read about him in the book having toast in his mouth? Well, I haven't done that in a while. The last time I read about Amos Diggory was in the book that shall not be named, so... Mm, um, Ugh, man. Why would they do that to Amos Diggory? Why, indeed, would they take this perfectly innocent character... And sully him in this way. Because part of the... Okay. Part of the whole thing was that they were they were so forgiving. They um, The diggeries were so forgiving and... and well, to, the wife you know was I mean? more forgiving than Amos. So he, was, he wasn't not forgiving. He was just, like, more outwardly emotional and didn't really, like, respond. Like, the wife was the one that was uh, more... We're going to talk about the cursed child for a minute. I have to think that the people who wrote The Cursed Child were and are big fans of Harry Potter, right? Not Um, big enough. And I think that they did what I would consider good writers to do, which was they found an element of a character that stuck out, Mm -hmm. and they said, let's build on this. But they're not good writers. Well... That's true. Like, they did pick out elements. Like, I would have loved just a story about Scorpius, but... 
uh, or like using Amos Diggory, like all of those things are fine. I think it's just when it comes down to the actual interactions between characters, right. that's where it loses me. Like that scene with like Draco and the like pouring out his heart in the church or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just like, no, this just doesn't feel like words that would actually come out of people, especially these people's mouths. Right. And we are especially critical, but I I would like to go on record as saying it's not for I would not like to say that these professional writers are not good writers. I'm not going to say that. Like, I'm sure uh, I mean, they wrote a play that probably works for somebody. Um, I have I, not talked work. to a single person that feels like it's good. <laughs> Me neither, but somebody like, likes maybe it. Maybe it's better on stage. Like maybe the performance Oh, it's certainly better on better, stage. But I'm the sure. actual writing is just so like over the top and fanficy, and we've talked about that before. Yeah. Um, so, like, maybe they're good writers who got a little too carried away in their fandom and just like didn't really like pull through on this one. And know. nobody would mind if it didn't have J.K.'s name on it. You yeah. know, nobody would care. And and um, I recently watched uh, a couple of videos by a guy, one of these vloggers that you know, does sort of very, very light film theory, but basically just like a lot of opinion. Um, and he did a video that was like, okay, let's, uh, this was a bad book, um, but let's think of it as a play. And let's say that the producers of this play hired me, whatever my name is, whatever his name is, uh, to retool the play using only the actors that we already have and all, all the scenes and you know, the sets that we already have. Um, so we'll rewrite the play, but we're not going to completely rewrite it. Use what we already have to rewrite it. And so he went through and changed some scenes up to try to make the, everything seem a little more human. And one thing that he touched on was there's this very weird scene in uh, Hermione's office mm -hmm. when she's Minister for Magic where they are talking about something and Hermione breaks... The conversation to tell Harry to ask Harry if he would like a piece of candy, a piece of toffee, mm -hmm. and it doesn't. When you read it, it doesn't read as anything. It's like here's just a throwaway line. Like maybe it's supposed to be funny. Like have a toffee. Mm -hmm. Like you want a toffee? But he said when he read it, he thought the weird intimacy of that gesture suggested that there was like an affair going on, hmm. and he had to reread it a couple of times. And he said that if he were going to rewrite it, he would make that more overt. Mm. Um, and I didn't hate the idea. I felt like if we're going to move with these people into adulthood. And, and the other thing that he said was that um, even though he loved Scorpius and he loved Albus, you need to pick who you're writing this play about. Is it about the Potters and the Weasleys grown up? Or is it about their kids? Yeah. You can't give them equal time. Yeah. So if we're focusing on the adults, give them an adult story. Yeah. I personally would have loved if it just focused on the kids and the adults had been kind of peripheral. Right. But, you know, I mean, um, peop the kids' relationships with their parents and their families is such a central thing to... Yeah, but it's still, like, it's called the cursed child, right? Like, and it's, it's I feel like it's supposed to be about, like, the kids, and, like, yeah, the parents yeah. are important, but, like, if they are kids at Hogwarts, like, that's going to be most of their life, and they're going right, to, exactly. you know, kind of their parents are going to, like, loom over them in the same way that, like, Lily and James did for, for Harry, I mean, aside from mm -hmm. the fact that they were dead but like you know like their kind of legacy will will be there in in the background all the time but 
the actual interaction with the parents would be pretty limited, I would think. Yeah, and I think that, again, and I've harped on this a billion times in my, in our, since we've been doing this podcast, but like, I still don't think that this play that I thought was going to do, I had so much hope when I first started reading it, that it was going to do the thing that I thought J.K. Rowling never did, which was establish why sorting the kids into the houses and assuming things about their personalities was bad Mm -hmm. and 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 pinning that and going to the root of that which is we sort them into houses based on arbitrary shit from when they're children yeah um but they didn't really address that at all i mean all they did was sort of tie it to this breakdown in the relationship between harry and his son in a way that was unbelievable yeah because (laughs) i I think we've talked about this before but i can't believe that like harry would be that disappointed for his son to be slytherin certainly not fucking out loud yeah and you know what i mean i I can't conceive of a, a reality i mean obviously it's not reality but the character as like he exists in the books would not be that upset and would also not like tell him not to be friends with Draco's son. Like that just wouldn't happen. Yeah, I don't, I I agree. It's just, I mean, unless, I I just don't think the play was the place to explore, to explore the complexities of these kinds of relationships. I'm not saying that you can't do it in plays, but it has to be smaller. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, In order for you to do it. And this play is very big in a lot of ways. And so, like, if you would like to explore a play in which a father has high ideals and understands that he has a hard time personally confronting those, you know, like, adhering to those ideals when he's confronted with them, that's a different play. Yeah. Like, and it it's a smaller play. Um, and I can't remember, like, when he tells him he doesn't want him to hang out with Scorpius, is there, like, something that precedes that, like, specifically that, like, triggers him to say that or is it just that he finds out that they're friends or I don't remember I feel like there is some sort of inciting incident but it's not enough to like yeah because I think yeah you would need like a bigger thing or like him to actually be questioning something like ideologically or questioning like about Gryffindors being I don't know I still don't even think that that would be like something that would make a parent be like no don't hang out with this other child no I mean I, I Knowing that I have grown and changed in a lot of ways and that having a child creates new paranoias, new fears, and new bad behaviors that have manifested specifically because I'm a parent. And I believe, I do believe that Harry could in his heart feel that he doesn't want his son to be Slytherin and that he doesn't want his son to be friends with a Slytherin. However, I don't think he would ever say it out loud. You know what I mean? Because that's deep shame kind of stuff. Yeah. And he spent years battling these prejudices that he was not born into. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe if it was something like the Death Eaters were, like, getting powerful again, you know, then maybe he wouldn't necessarily be like, I don't want you to be his friend, but, like, I don't want you to be around his, like, family. Like, you know, something like that, I guess, maybe. But, Mm -hmm. like, just saying, like, don't be friends with your actual best friend who you go to school with and are in, you know, live with and they're in all your classes with. Like, that's just ridiculous. Well, we talked a lot about the Cursed Child tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, Did I tell you the story about my Deathly Hallows tattoo when I was in Nairobi? Nope. So I was having all this trouble getting my research permit and I was like calling the office every day and mailing and nobody was helping me at all. Finally, my research assistant was like, we just need to go in public. So we go in and I'm just like explaining this whole drama about how there's all these like things getting in the way and like they're not getting back to me and they're sending me to all these different people to talk about them explaining about my research permit and articulate with my hands. 
and I'm talking to this guy in the office and he stops, he points at my finger and he goes, Elder Wand. I was like, yep. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> after that I found that he was very helpful and friendly. And magic. <laughs> what if you had had a Death Eater tattoo there? Oh, well then I don't think he would have been as helpful. He, like, yeah, I came in several more times and he, he remembered my name and he sent me emails. Maybe he was part of, like, a secret order. Mm, I guess it's possible. Or he was just a fan of Harry Potter. Nope. Secret order. That's the answer. Hear the dogs cry out in the night As they grow restless longing for some solitary company. I wish Dale was here. Did I talk at all in the podcast about how I got my Ministry of Magic uh, ID? No, you didn't. It's super cool. I was at the London airport on a layover and they have a Harry Potter shop. So I was like, I had a bunch of time to kill and these kids that work there were trying to get people to get their picture taken and I overheard them trying to sell it to somebody and I was like, how much is it? And they were like 10 pounds and I was like, sold because I had a lot of time to kill and I'm a big nerd. And so we took, it was like a special where you got two for the special price. So I did like a picture in, it's supposed to be like the phone booth that's outside of the ministry. Uh-huh. Um, so they like gave me a hat and a scarf and a wand. Um, and they, 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 one of the guys was like, was like, what, which wand do you want? And I was like, Luna's wand? Because uh, that's the one that I have. And um, the girl was like, oh, that's not one of the options. And he's like, why can't it be? And he just went and got one off the shelf and opened it up. Because <laughs> he was like, Luna's the best anyway. Um, so he was a big Luna fan. So he opened up a Luna wand for me um, so that I could have it in the picture. And then it's really too dark to see it. But then they give me a Ministry of Magic ID that's like just like a passport photo. And then my like fingerprints. And it's got... Um, I work at the Department of International Ma- Magical Cooperation. Like, you get to, you get to pick what department you work in. Um, oh. So I, I went for International Magical Cooperation because I felt like that aligned with my interests. I do like the idea of two Luna fans finding each other in the wild, like ships passing in the night. I feel like there's kind of a lot of Luna fans, right? Like, I'm a Luna fan, but she ain't at my top of my list. But, I mean, that's just, yeah, that's the wand I have, because I also just like that wand a lot, aesthetically. I have a lot, I think about Luna a lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's because she reminds me of a lot of people that live in the town that I live in. Mm-hmm. That are open to so many ideas that I find absurd. Yeah, but they're open. But their openness is um, endearing in a way. I'm, I'm trying to think about. I try to think of Luna when I think about these folks. Like they're not stupid. They have things to offer. You know what I mean? They have wisdom that I don't always see. So Lunas of the world, I love you. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same here. Sometimes I feel Hermione towards Lunas. Yes. But sometimes um, I feel Ginny towards Lunas. And I guess sometimes I feel Harry towards Lunas. So, you know. <laughs> I, and I don't know how Ron feels towards Lunas. Oh, so. no, you do know how Ron feels towards... Ron is a... Uh, yeah, I think I can very easily relate to how Ron feels towards Luna. Which is, like, he's always kind of laughing at her, but he, like, really likes her. Uh-huh. But, like, she's not really sure how she feels about him. Because she's like, you say things that, like, that aren't nice sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, but like, yeah, I think at first he's really like, what on earth is going on with this person? But she really grows on him Mm -hmm. because then later on, he's just like, like when she's announcing at the Quidditch match, he's just like really, like he thinks it's hilarious. (laughs) Um, so I think like she really does grow on him over the course of, uh, 
of a couple of the books. Right. Ron does seem to be like the the kid in the books that can sometimes see the like the absurdity of a situation. Like even mm-hmm. more than Hermione who's who's, you know, heavily invested in logically what is making sense at all times, but I think just sort of I think Ron has a great sense of irony. Yeah. So <laughs> Uh, Luna announcing a, a, a Quidditch match is pretty ironic. It's not, I don't know, is it more or less ironic than like, well, Hermione's a big Quidditch fan and she seems to understand it pretty well, so that wouldn't be... Yeah. Is she a fan or is it like one of those things where she's like getting into it because everybody else is into it and it's like what you're supposed to do for school spirit? Right, and I guess what I, I guess that's what I'm saying, like it's not weird for her to be into it, you know what I mean, because everybody is... But it does seem a little bit off the beaten path. Like, imagine, like, you have a friend who's, like, a a real crunchy naturopath. You know what I mean? And believes in, like, homeopathic medicine. But they're, like, a super big hockey fan or something. Like, um, they're really into hockey and they really, they follow, like, the Bruins or whatever. And and imagine, like, that would be ironic. Um, And they wear the big head thing. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying to think of whose wand I would pick if I were going to do the same. When I initially picked it um, at Wizarding World, when I bought it, I i mean, it was entirely aesthetic. I wanted Lupin's wand. So Lupin's wand is, like, very, like, minimalist. And mm-hmm. I really liked it because, like, the handle is really smooth. Or, like, the base part is really smooth. Um, and that was the one I wanted, but they didn't have it in the interactive version. Mm. And I wanted the interactive one because I wanted to do magic. This is important. Um, and so that's why Luna's was like the closest to his, um, and I liked it. And I also do like Luna, um, so I ended up getting Luna's wand. But Lupin's was the one that I, I liked the most. Well, I picked my wand based, la- uh, based solely on aesthetics as well, which is why I have a Death Eater wand. <laughs> it's got a badass skull on it. Like, say no more. Take my money, Grigorovich. But I, I, I'm wondering what kind of spell we would do this night this night this night of nights um how about a tonsillectomy oh gosh <laughs> you don't have to. if 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 i've cut this out it's because i had strep throat if i cut that out earlier i'm saying it now it's because i had strep oh, throat twice. that could be our spell like but like joey style from full house cut it out cut but, it. Like, <laughs> it being your tonsils okay or whatever, like, uh. simplified surgery. Yeah, because there are, like, inpatient, outpatient surgeries that they do. So, like, a vasectomy, <laughs> oh, God. a tonsillectomy, like, little things that just need a snip here and a snip there. There should be a spell for simple surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called cut it out. Or what? how would we say cut it out in Latin? Let's I go. Mean, you gotta do it in the, in the you know, Joey style. But can it you say right. it in... Is that his name, Uncle Joey? Yeah, can you yeah. say it in Latin, but in Uncle Joey's voice? Cut it out. Cut it out in Latin. Are all the spells in Latin, though? Well, no, I mean... I, you can't see me, but I'm doing the hand motions, too. The cut it out. Okay, so the English, the Latin for cut off is this. Abshindere. Abshindere. Yeah, all right. We tried this one other time. We tried to get, we, we had the no homework spell, which was no nopus. <laughs> so we don't, we don't have to. We <laughs> I just don't know be- about Latin. Yeah, I feel like maybe that it can just be, like, because sometimes the spells I don't think are, are in uh Well, they're, they're not in anything. They're, like, made up, like, Ridiculous. 
I think it's supposed yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's supposed to, to be like mirroring like Latin or something like that, but it's not. And I think yeah. maybe a modern spell. Let's say this is a modern spell created by an English-speaking wizard. That's a great question, though. Is like, how do you create? spells like i mean how like because obviously language is like a social construct Mm -hmm. and so how does the wand and like your internal magic you know right how do they know uh to respond yeah i lost it i'm so tired well Um, i would have to think that in different countries you say in different languages different cultures you say a different word i feel like the word itself is not as important as focusing on what the word means which is how language works in the first place like the word itself is just a signifier for some other concept right and and yeah so i think it probably works the same in magic and we've already created well, a spell like you can do non-verbal spells right? right and so i think like maybe in actuality the word is just channeling your energy exactly and it's really all just uh just from it's just you know. it's you thinking about without having to think through, because we think in, in language sometimes anyway, even not always. Um, if you're thinking in language, okay, I want to do a spell that makes this feather float. It's mm-hmm. quicker if you have one thing to think of that means that to you. Um, yeah. So I would say we've created a spell. We're not actual wizards, but we've created a spell that you can say whatever you want as long as the feeling is there. Do you remember the one spell? It's like... Sorry, I was trying to play. I was just trying to play a video of Dave Collier saying "cut it out." But there was too much background noise. <laughs> if you don't find a good one, I wanted to play it. There's nothing on the YouTube. Cut it out. I just want to put. That, I want to insert that into the podcast. Can I don't. Do I, I will say that. Um, I hope no lawyers are listening to this. But a pre- no, that's fair use. Um, is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, cause I've done, well, we, no, it's fair use if you're doing it, like, uh, if you're if altering it, um, creatively for some purpose, and we are doing that because we are making Right, it but we didn't, we, we can use the, we can use the term, but, but the actual clip we no, haven't you can altered. Use the actual clip. That's yeah. how YouTube, like, YouTube, you can use, like, clips of things if you're doing, like, reviews and stuff. Okay, okay. Now, I will say the one time that you that we used it that we weren't supposed to is when I kept using the law and order sound. Um, I think you can use it once to like talk about the thing itself, but you can't use it like as a sound effect. Mm. Um, I'm going to cut this out. I don't want anybody to know we did something we weren't supposed to. Cut it out. I'm going to stop doing that. (laughs) (laughs) But can it be, can it be a nonverbal spell that we just imagine Dave Collier doing the hand motions and the cut it out and and we don't actually say anything we just think about him doing it and that's what creates the spell well i do that all the time so i don't know who's you'd have to do it with your wand oh okay i was gonna say i don't know how many unintentional tonsillectomies i've performed <laughs> at this point by thinking about dave coulier unintentional vasectomy i'm sorry no babies no more babies um yeah, I think I think that's fine. I think I think um, a cultural a pop cultural phenomenon is strong enough to mm-hmm. ha- to attach a, a semi complicated surgical movement <laughs> to it that we can just think about. Oh gosh, but what if you accidentally think of Steve Urkel at that moment, saying, "Did I do that?" 
<laughs> then, 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 then you failed the tonsillectomy. You have. I care for people. <laughs> Sense to anyone else. No, I'm sorry. If you watched uh, The Surreal Life during the season, or that knew had... us in college, and it was Dave Coulier, Jordan Knight. Was was that the same season? Flava Flav. I don't know if uh, it wasn't the same season. Flava Flav, Brigitte Nielsen, Charo, uh, uh, and one of the Corys. No, no, that was, was Feldman. That was, was a different. That was a different season. I'm pretty oh, sure. Okay. Hold on. This is important. But definitely, definitely Dave Coyier, Flava Flav, and Brigitte Nielsen were in the same season. And Charo. Surreal Life. I think it was season two? Season three? So they went in a haunted house, and Brigitte Nielsen got real scared and said, I care for people. Like and it's it's she one said of those it in a really funny way. I care for people. She was like, no, I think that what she meant by that was, I ha- I'm not ready to die. I like, I found I found new love uh, and I found new purpose and I'm not ready to die. I'm not ready to face my mortality. I Brigitte Nielsen care for people. Care for people. <laughs> and I had a sweatshirt that had a picture of her on a horse. <laughs> with that phrase on it and i and i have tried to find that sweatshirt over the years i have no idea what happened to it but i wish i i wish i still had it didn't you also have a flavor flavor i sure did i wasn't gonna bring it up it felt it feels a little bit like weird it was for their love it was for their love i loved the two of them you cared for people i cared for people the end hey fans hey fans fans of the sorting chat if you are also a fan of this real life at some point please let us know we'd love to talk to you about it because i like have never met anybody else in the wild that was like a big fan of that season every time i try to talk to people about that show they have no idea what i'm talking about and we also watch beauty and the geek but that's neither here nor there Um, oh my god i forgot that show existed yeah yeah so right we did watch that we watched a lot of weird television in college Hey, I've got a thing that I want to say real yeah. quick. I um I recently because I found a good deal on the internet, bought a bunch of um buttons that say the sorting chat on them, and uh, I don't really know what I'm gonna do with them. But, I want one. Well, I'll give you one. Um, <laughs> but let me say to my fans, uh, my fans only, <laughs> to people who are listening. If you'd like a button, here's what I here's I'm here's a little tip for tat. If you haven't, go to iTunes and give us a review, um, and I'll send you a button. Just send me, just do that for us, and then email us, and then so email us. Yeah, at the sorting chat, uh, the sorting chat at gmail dot com, or you can even message us on Facebook. Um, just send us a little thing saying, "Hey, I reviewed," uh, and we'll know whether you did or not. So don't try, <laughs> don't try and uh, put one over on old Sherry Lauren and Dale because we're just too smart for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you want a button, I'm not gonna. I mean, I it's not worth it to sell them, <laughs> but I'll give you one if you review the show. I'll give you two for crying out loud. Um, they're not that special, but it's a it's a fun little thing that you can say. Hey, look, I I um, I like podcasts. Here's one that I know. How, how many buttons do you have? like 70 (laughs) to me that's a lot that's a reasonable number of buttons but anyway friend yeah i think this is the end friend that's a quote from a chucky movie terrifying thank you for that you're welcome sleep tight hey everybody cut it out
would you? <laughs> thank you for listening, and we hope you have a good today and an even better tomorrow. And please review us on iTunes. And thank we hope you. Dale feels better. Oh yes, we hope Dale. Hey, think about send your. You remember what they did at the end of the movie when everybody lit their wands up for Dumbledore. Wands up out for Dumbledore. I'm gonna uh, cry. Wands out for Dale right now. Who's not dead. She's not dead, but she's not feeling very good. Put your wands up. Send good energy into the world for Dale. Gosh, that's what I'm saying. I keep, okay. I always do that when she's sick. <laughs> I say something that sounds like she's dead. She's not dead. She's dead. She's not dead. She's not dead. <laughs> I love you. All right. I know we know all the same references. We do. I'm sorry, right. internet. I'm sorry. Uh, wands up for Dale. Wands out for Dale. And cut it out, everybody. Good night. Good night, and or good day. <laughs> <laughs>